Well, hello and welcome back to the Two Kinky Women podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner is Mistress Gabrielle. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode in our continuing series, Two Kinky Women podcast. We've got a good one today, really good uh, subject. Something I think that will um, uh, give um, uh, a lot of uh, background information to a lot of what's happening right now in our country. And uh, as we talk a little bit more, um, you'll find out what that is. So, um, Midnight Lady, would you like to tell us what are we talking about today? Oh, today's topic is about cross-dressing. Cross-dressing in the scene. Cross-dressing in the scene. Yeah. Transvestites. Uh, so it's a lot of um, cultural information, a lot of um, information about what um, other countries handle trans- hand, uh, transvestites or right. cross dressing, cultural norms and mores. So it's, it's, it's going to be something of a philosophical, mm-hmm. uh, cultural discussion. And we can also bust some myths and assumptions while yes. we're speaking about this topic today. Absolutely. Well, what, the, first, the first thing I, I think people would like to know is what is uh, cross-dressing? What is transvestism? Well, when they say he's a transvestite, yeah, that means, uh, in other words, he is wearing clothing that is... Not assigned to his gender. Uh-huh. So if he's a man and he's wearing a dress, typically, traditionally, women wore dresses right. and skirts. Right. And there's a lot packed into that statement. Traditionally, women wore dresses and skirts. And we can talk a little bit in detail about that a little later. But um, what what do they wear, generally speaking? What do uh, cross-dressers wear is it, do you have to get dressed up like a drag queen? You know what I mean by drag queen. I mean somebody who goes the whole nine yards. The wigs, the makeup, the boobs, the, um, the, uh, butt. the butt, absolutely. Uh, gorgeous gowns or maybe even playful type gorgeous gowns or whatever. So they wear whatever a woman would be wearing. Yes. From underwear through outerwear. Yes. Right. Uh, they can wear pantyhose and high heel shoes and pretty skirts or or lingerie, anything that makes them feel feminine, that allows them to enjoy the sensation of the feeling of the fabric against their skin, the sensation of feeling uh, the pantyhose. Or the heels, the high heel shoes, um, any of those sensations, they like that. They like they, the sensations. They just want to wear the lace peignoir or the mumus, uh, the slippers. That's what they used to call the slippers with the feathers on them. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you're married to a cross dresser, you're, you're, they always are like, oh, this is the best thing ever, and pantyhose and high heel shoes. And then they complain about how their feet hurt in those high heel shoes. And I look at them and say, really? Really? 
Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? One of one of the things about um, uh, you know why why you do it is because feminine clothing is generally uh, soft, um, lovely um, um, fabrics, satin, silk, lace, uh, and the feelings that one has in one body uh, when you embody that type of a of a wardrobe is nice. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, if you get all dressed up to go to a big event, say you're going to somebody's wedding or another big party, maybe a New Year's Eve party or something, as a woman, wow, I mean, your choices are just immense on what it is you you can wear. Whereas um, God generally doesn't have that. Um, unless he might, well, maybe he might be wearing a kilt. Now, we don't consider a man wearing a kilt a cross-dresser. No, no, because that is traditionally male wear in certain parts of uh, Scotland. Scotland, right, right, and Ireland too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like a man in a kilt, though. Oh, absolutely. About, you know, Sean Connery in a kilt, you right? Know. Ooh, baby. Right. Now, uh, essentially, the thing about a kilt is you would not ever think a guy wearing a kilt is trying to look like a woman, but he is wearing a skirt. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, how about how about the other side of that? I mean, here you are as women going to a very fancy party, a wedding, uh, a New Year's Eve party, or whatever, and you decide to wear a tuxedo. Are you going to get the side eye from a absolutely bunch of people? Absolutely, because it is not traditional, right, for a man to wear a dress. It's also not traditional for a woman to wear a man's tuxedo. Women don't wear tuxedos. Women wear ball gowns, ball dresses, cocktail dresses. Uh, they never wear tuxedos. It's Unless just, it's something unique, now, a unique experience, right? Now, the fact that the, I say never. They can, but they're going to get the side eye the same way that they're going to give the guy wearing the dress the side eye. Right. Unless it's a famous person like Celine Dion who wore a tuxedo at maybe the Oscars or Kate Blanchett who wore a tuxedo or Tilda Swinton. Well, see, here, though, it's still more acceptable for a woman to wear a tuxedo than it is for a man to wear a dress. It's still more acceptable for, for us. And I think partly because we already cross as women. We wear pants we really do we have pants every day i i have like you know a dozen pair of leggings absolutely i like leggings right so and it's totally acceptable to wear pants as a woman it certainly is um men's t-shirts men's shirts um for example uh, my mind just goes back to like some of the movies that I've seen where the uh, the female part of the uh, couple is uh, sleeping over and it was an unexpected sleeping over and there she is, she appears in the guy's huge, um, in fact, I even think it's called a boyfriend shirt, mm -hmm. right? There yes. she is, she's in, she's in that long sleeve white shirt and she looks just adorable because it's usually so much bigger than she is because it's cut so differently for a male body. Not a female body, right? Yes. But you wouldn't put a guy in a woman's lingerie, even though he stayed over unexpectedly, right? right. right? You wouldn't put a peignoir 
on 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 the guy when he wakes up to have breakfast with you. You'd put a robe on him, but you would not put a pen wall. And you know, for me, you know, you watch those movies or whatever. Seeing the girl coming out of the room wearing his business shirt, wearing his his shirt from last night, uh, and only having it open a little bit, like a little buttoned, a little open. That, to me, is just terribly sexy. Yes. It's very yes. sexy. Yes, it is. So, it's a double standard. It's entirely a double standard. But our culture and society is full of double standards. Yes, it Unfair is. Unfair double standards. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, it's... In terms of the kink, though, in terms of kink, we're seeing it more and more because the scene... And the kink community is very accepting of everybody that wants to break out of the norm, traditional society, and needs a place to fit in. Right. So more and more you are seeing these types of additional uh, identities that people are taking on. Uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, men wearing uh, maids' outfits. Uh, over the past, uh, I want to say, 30 years within scene, a scene environment, either at play parties or big events. And I've seen um, these fellows who, who wear the, uh, the a traditional maid's outfit. Maybe they'll fancy it up with a little bit more lace and a little bit more ruffles. And sometimes uh, they will go and have them made specifically for their body. And then you're talking about almost like a drag queen made. And we call them, generally speaking, or they like to call themselves, not all of them, but generally speaking, um, a fellow who shows up in a maid's outfit, which has uh, a few um, more ruffles than the general one does. We call them, and they call themselves sissy maids. Okay, so is is a sissy maid cross dressing? Well, sure, absolutely, they're, they're cross dressing, no question about it. Um, there are some sissy maids who like to be um, in service to others, and you don't to be in service to others. You don't have to dress up as 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 a sissy, as a sissy maid. Okay, you can dress up as a butler. You can put that tuxedo on and be the um, major domo. Uh, major domo, absolutely. But many of the men do like to wear the sissy made outfit. And uh, I have to say some of them, when I see them, because we're generally speaking about short skirts, okay, when I see them, uh, first thing I notice is how phenomenal some of these legs are. I mean, mm. whoa, it's just, it's just amazing. Nice legs. <laughs> I mean, they really, really can really, you know, rock wearing uh, a dress or a skirt. And I'm not quite sure what that means, mm -hmm. but it really is interesting. And really gives you a whole other aspect to a particular person's personality. It's like, wow, isn't this something? But I don't know too many sissy maids who actually do the whole thing of makeup and a wig and all that kind of stuff. Generally speaking, they are more, mm, should we say, directed towards the service aspect. But I do know men, and they're not young men, who are cross-dressers and it's a little interesting, well, a little more than a little interesting, but it's interesting because they, they grab a piece of uh, what we would consider uh, age play uh, into that whole uh, dynamic that they pursue, which is the little girl 
the little girl dressed as a little girl. Mm. So you look at someone who's, uh, you know, six foot, and there he is in a pink uh, dress, uh, pink satin dress with all sorts of ruffles and bows and uh, absolutely adorable and wearing Mary Jane shoes with um, uh, ruffled little socks on them. And maybe they have ruffled panties on underneath that particular uh, dress. And then they have a wig, which is uh, almost like the hair, generally speaking, I think, of um, of a doll. And you know the way a, a doll, when you buy a doll in the store looks, the hair is very uh, pressed down and perfect, almost as if the doll had a perm, right? And what they also do is all the makeup and any other accoutrements of uh, the childhood thing, which is carrying a teddy bear or gigundo uh, lollipop, or in an event, at an event, they're riding around on a tricycle, fully dressed as a little girl. Now, if women do that, and if men and women do that together, we generally call that age play. But this is kind of like um, a conflagration of age play and transvestism at the same time. So it just makes me feel like there's something for everybody's desire or, mm-hmm. or um, fantasy, uh, which really doesn't cause any harm unless it causes harm to them if they're out in public and some macho man decides he's going to throw a punch because he doesn't like the way this guy looks dressed up in a dress. It definitely can be dangerous for men to go out in public dressed as the opposite sex. And as you were saying, I'm cross-dressing now, so are you. Uh, It isn't the same thing for a woman. Now, of course, for a woman, we have other options, which is to do your hair, to wear a lot of jewelry, to wear makeup. So, yeah, we may be cross-dressing, as it were, but... um, when did pants really become popular for women? I mean, this was Katherine Hepburn, right? Mm-hmm. And Marlena Dietrich, speaking of tuxedos, right? And the idea being, let's get out of the clothes, the clothing that keep us from being fully functional adults, okay? I'm wearing a dress with three-inch heels or four-inch heels, and I have a petticoat underneath. I'm wearing a bra, perhaps even a girdle, Mm. uh, maybe even a waist cincher and all those kinds of things. And dress that way, you can get absolutely nothing accomplished. Mm. Okay. So what, what is that telling us? It's telling us that feminine clothing, okay, represents powerlessness. Why would a man want to wear something and boy, drag queens, indeed, or even a, a fellow who is, you know, really dressed up and not necessarily as a drag queen, but really wants to appear, you know, cross-dressed perfectly. Why would they want to go for clothing that represents powerlessness? It seems so counterintuitive, okay? But that desire for the soft, that desire for the um, feminine, the feminine, Okay, that desire to do the forbidden, is it part of that? I think it is. I do. I think it's, 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 a, it's a big dynamic. For example, just wearing uh, panties, okay, mm-hmm. and pantyhose. 
No one's going to know if you have that on underneath your business suit on Wall Street. I mean, nobody's going to know that, all right? Yet, you're getting a certain amount of excitement. I mean, every time you go, pleasure, every time you go to the men's room, you're reminded, wow, I'm wearing women's underwear. I better go into a booth and not the urinal. In any event, no, seriously, it's, it's... it's uh, full of, of, of contradictions, full of all different kinds of assumptions. You know, one of the assumptions about um, uh, cross-dressing men, uh, and uh, definitely, uh, um, we definitely think this is the case uh, when we talk about drag queens or people who are dressed, you know, to the nines, as they used to say, that these fellows are gay. They're homosexual, and that's why they're doing it. Whereas if you do any research in terms of, uh, you know, sexual proclivities, you find out that, and this is a number that has not changed since Kinsey, that at least 90% of the men who cross-dress and also cross-dress, as they like to call it, successfully, in other words, um, uh, having others think they really are a woman, they like to present as a woman and pass, the word is to pass, are not gay, they are heterosexual. 90%. Now, as I said, this is a number that has pretty much stayed uh, mm-hmm. stayed there since Kinsey back in the, you know, in the 40s. And um, it's fascinating, it really is. And you would think, though, that um, here in the States, in the United States, the land of liberty and freedom, uh, men would feel a lot more, um, say, uh, comfortable in uh, wearing the clothes of the opposite sex or or even just uh, gender bending from time to time. Maybe we should define what gender bending is. Yes. So gender bending is where if you have someone who's cross-dressing and they want to pass as a woman, they do the whole, the hair, the makeup, the nails, the dress, the panniers, the shoes. And that when they leave their house, they look like a woman. Like, you wouldn't think that they were a man. So when my husband crosses, cross-dresses, he can leave the house. You wouldn't know it was him. You would think she's beautiful. She's a girl. Very attractive. Yes. And you just would not you know, think that this is the same six-foot-two Harley riding, right. beer drinking, shooting guns in the woods God. So, but gender bending is where you can clearly tell the guy's a man. Clearly he is a man, but he's wearing a dress. He's not trying to pass himself off as a woman. Gotcha. He's not trying to hide the fact that he's a man. He's a man with a beard wearing a dress. So you can clearly tell that he's a man. But he just wants to feel that feeling of the fabric, the feeling of the femininity of, you know, the, the garments and the, the boobs. And, but he also know. wants to do it in public. Yes. So is there a little exhibitionism going on here? Yes, probably. But he also wants to do it lounging at home. Uh, occasionally when he works from home and he doesn't have any Zoom meetings, he'll dress in, in something silky, something lacy, some, you know, and 
you'll see him walk about the house to get coffee or whatever, lunch, and you'll see that he's wearing something because uh, he just likes the way it feels. He likes the way it feels so much that he's like, oh, honey, you gotta, you got to wear stuff like this more often. And I'm like, I'm about as tomboyish as they come. <laughs> Well, that's your own gender bending. Yes. So now you're gender bending. So I what am. does it mean for a woman to gender bend? Does that mean I should be wearing uh, tidy whities and pack uh, a strap-on, a, a seven-inch strap-on? I mean, what does that mean? Can I wear, you know, men's uh, boots, uh, a, a man's jacket? Nobody even notices. No. Nobody yeah. even notices. But what about the um, gender fluid people? The gender fluid people will gender bend in terms of, of, their, of their clothing quite often. And because we recognize the fact that this really is a guy, because he's got a beard, right? It doesn't bother us as much as a transvestite or a cross-dresser who's dressed to the nines. Now, when you say gender fluid, right. we should probably explain what that means. Right. Would you like me to yes. do that? I can do that, definitely. Yes. So gender fluid is whatever you want it to be, whatever um, uh, degree of masculine, whatever degree of feminine you want it to be, and whenever it is you want it to be. There is no, uh, shall we say, timetable. You dress that way on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays. No, you dress that way whenever the hell you feel like it. And that also means, um, you know, uh, gender fluid could, uh, also means not just about the dress, but also your mindset and also in terms of your activities and how you want to be identified. Okay, there are many gender fluid people who would like to be identified by the correct pronoun and to them the correct pronoun may be they, their, or um, um, anything else that they particularly care for. At the point that they are bending, may they, maybe they want male pronouns. At the point that they aren't bending, may they want female or vice versa, okay? or whatever it is they want it to be. And that's one of the things that I think the scene, just as you said before, allows you to do. Um, when I said kink-friendly, the scene is so kink-friendly, that means that we think cross-dressing is a kink. Well, um, I don't really, what other way would I describe it? I think it is kink, frankly, because it's not acceptable behavior within our society. We are not out and open. Okay, so that's why I'm going to classify it um, as a kink. But of course, my classification, making it a kink, doesn't mean anything anywhere else. You can do whatever it is you want, you know, until the law comes uh, knocking on your door. And unfortunately, uh, right now, the current topic is uh, drag queens having the law coming to knock on the library door and saying, no, you can't do it. Okay, and you can't do it because of the way you're dressed, and the reason you can't do it because of the way you're dressed, even though we have been idolizing cross-dressers in this country and the rest of the world since time for, immemorial. For, for decades. For decades. Centuries. Centuries, absolutely, without a doubt. And a lot of them were very, very successful people because apparently that Puritan ethic hadn't hit them, but it sure did hit in this country. So... The people who don't want to see the drag queens anywhere near children are uh, accusing the uh, drag queens and the transvestites of grooming. Which okay? is absolutely 
ludicrous. Absolutely. Absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely. It, this is now taking place in, in in the back room of a church. Right. It's now taking place on overnight sabbaticals from ministers. It's taking place in a public library where the library has said, sure, we're we're good with it. We would like that. And it's almost as if what you're doing with this is is getting people used to seeing men in dresses. And maybe if you see enough men in dresses who are not threatening, and God knows drag queens are not threatening. Right. They're Most of the time, they're absolutely beautiful or they're funny beautiful or they're incredibly interesting as people. They're not going to be grooming your kid. That's not what they're there for. But this is our society. Well, our this society is, sees it. These are gay guys, and they want to make my kid gay. Here, here's again. Who are the people that are making these laws? That are making uh, drag queens victims of these laws? Uh, the people who are making these laws are making a moral judgment that this is wrong. This is so wrong, despite the fact that the library said yes. Despite the fact that the parents of the children go into the story hour said yes. Nobody forced those parents to drag their kids out at two in the afternoon and force them to go to the library hour. Nobody right. does that. Right. They're going of their own volition they're going, the library is saying it's okay. The parents are saying it's okay. It's these moral people, the moral, the religious, right, the whatever, whatever so you want to call So-called moral people. So-called moral people. Who feel that they have to police what they don't believe in, what they don't agree with. Here's my thought on, on this, is that you don't believe in abortion don't have one you don't believe in homosexuality don't engage in it you don't believe in cross-dressing don't do it right but don't tell me i can't do it right because you won't do it so it's wrong no that that's where we need to stand up you need to stand up make a make a point and say this is not acceptable it's a guy in a dress. He's not out robbing a bank. He's not out selling drugs to children on street corners. Right, right. He's reading a story. Right. A guy dresses a woman reading a story. And the kids the are kids. often very much amused by the, um, uh, the they think it's great. of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, as a society, need to do better. Now, it wasn't always this way. I mean, there have no. been many, there are many societies. I mean, it, t it seems to be in the United States, Russia, uh, and China right now, and um, uh, Arab countries like um, Oman, Yemen, uh, Saudi Arabia, a whole bunch of them um, are pretty much anti-cross-dressing of any kind in public, okay? In private is another story entirely. Uh, in general, uh, there are so many parts of this world where cross-dressing has been accepted for generations upon generations. For example, Thailand, for example, Japan, 
For example, American Indian civilizations always thought as cross-dressers having um, the uh, mojo, let's put it that way, of both male and female in the one body. And these people were very, very special. They were um, uh, seers. Uh, uh, I think the word is uh, the diviners. You know, they would um, foretell the future, things mm. along those lines. They were considered medicine um, men and women, um, all those kinds of things. Then some of that started to change around, um, you know, all the witches, witchcraft, and this and that, and women dressing in men's clothing. Let's think of Joan of Arc, uh, what she got out of it. I mean, she felt she needed to dress as a man to show her authority, because she sure wasn't having any authority as a female. Nobody did in those days. And uh, they killed her for it in a horrifying way. So it's, it's just an absolutely fascinating subject to me, but it seems to me that if children are accepted of people, as people, whoever they are, and whatever it is they want to wear, okay, as long as they're wearing something, then why is it such a big deal? Let me tell you another story, which I think is very interesting. I have friends who do present as uh, cross-dressing little girls. And there is a huge um, uh, event in Provincetown, Massachusetts, every summer, uh, where it's it's like a gay weekend or something. Although Provincetown's kind of gay, twenty four seven, twelve months a year, but nonetheless, um, there's a big event in August, and uh, my friends uh, go out, totally dressed uh, as as their little girl personas, and what they find is. Um, Little girls, real, honest to God, little girls, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds in particular, just go bonkers because they think the doll has come to life. They love it. And parents with their kids will go up to them, talk to them, um, um, have conversations about all different kinds of things and and even go out to dinner together do amazing things so the kids are very accepting of people who want to bend the gender mm. who want to cross dress who want to do whatever the hell they want to do because it's not about the dressing it's about the kind of person you are I, so many people i remember we had gone to my Dominant husband and I had gone to a play party, and there was a character. What a character! His name was Stevie. Yeah. St and and Stevie would come as Stevie. He would get dressed up in his uh, in his trans, you know, dress, the wig, the whole thing, uh -huh. and. I I was in charge of giving him girly lessons. Oh. How to how to sit <laughs> like a girl and how to talk like a girl and just girl lessons. And oh my god, we had such a good time. He was such a good sport and you know, sometimes I can't do it cuz this is a podcast, but he we would practice mannerisms yeah. of women. And like you would do the Z, you know, the three snaps. Right, right. So we would practice the snaps and we would practice the how you stand and how the how women have these hips and then you can stand on like one hip 
and stick your other hip out because men don't, their hips aren't made the way women's hips are. So to get him to like move his hip in a way that was like feminine, we had just the best time. And that was, I was newer into the seat. I was only in the seat maybe a couple of years. So to see someone dressed to the nines, as you say, as a woman, and hearing him giving him woman lessons, it was like the highlight of my evening. Sure, a lot of fun. It was so much fun, fun. Yeah. to get him to be more feminine and more ladylike and be more of a, a woman. You know what's so interesting about this, too? Um, uh, we use, well, I wouldn't say all the time, but plenty of people uh, use it in kink play and kink punishment, forced cross-dressing, <sighs> okay? And the well, idea... Now, we say forced with right? air quotes. Correct. Because, you know, this is all consensual. Right. No one is actually forced. Right. But if they express an interest in being humiliated in that way, for them being humiliated is a turn-on. Or if they're being punished for some transgression, right. either real or or right. pretend, right. Uh, they also could be have to endure, you know, wearing uh, underwear or wearing stockings. Or right. And at a play party or at an event or something like somebody who is into the air quotes forced uh, uh, cross-dressing is now made to walk around and show complete strangers or people they may know as an acquaintance their beautiful silk underwear with all of their pretty lace parts <laughs> on it. Okay? That's part of the their their punishment, which of course they're absolutely loving. Or uh, my favorite is to uh, not have any underwear on, but then you put on it like a tutu. And then you tie bells to their penis yes and their balls yes and then every time they walk around they're drawing attention to themselves <laughs> absolutely with the jingle 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 right, right. and the tutu right and then you know i happen to have rights with this particular person <laughs> and i was allowed to just go up and grab his junk give a little tug a little jingle underneath his tutu and oh my god he was in heaven because yeah. hey Here's somebody grabbing his penis. Right. You know? <laughs> or the story I've told before where, you know, in, in, in a restaurant with my submissive or my slave um, and um, um, giving him certain uh, uh, bits of, say, my lingerie to, uh, to wear by going into the men's room, changing right in the men's room, and coming out with what it was he had on now in his hand and I know he's got my panties on. So that can be extraordinarily, extraordinarily erotic. Very, very hot stuff. Absolutely hot stuff. I, I want to mention something about the sissy mates to indicate something else about this. These men take it very seriously, may I add. They are uh, sur surface oriented. It's very hard to meet a sissy mate who doesn't know their way around a kitchen. Mm. Okay. Most sissy mates know exactly what they're doing in a kitchen because they play that role beautifully. Some of them don't, and then they're more like little girls or dressed up as something else. But 
By and large, when we call somebody a sissy maid, that means they're service, service submissive, and then they dress in all their stuff. My limited experience with sissy maids, I do have some, but not as much as you, obviously. Right. Uh, but I find sissy maids are, part of it is the, the drama and the, they don't get as much work done. <laughs> Because they're very busy being sissy mates. Yes, they are. Absolutely. And prancing about. Yes, they do. And, you know, doing the little tutu. I always say when you've got a bunch of sissy mates serving at a tea party <laughs> or at a dinner or something like that, really need to space the tables nicely apart <laughs> because all of those crinolines and, and let me tell funny. you uh all those crinolines or whatever really can get in people's and way it's like trying to corral bumblebees yes it is it really is <laughs> by and large though they do a very very good job uh most of the ones that i know uh most of the guys that i know who who pursue this are really good really good at service and it's just a pleasure to see them and of course the other thing too is the um is is the change you know, um, the cross-dressing experience, um, if people go full on, wow, you're seeing somebody you have not seen before, even though you've seen him every single day. Um, the first time he cross-dresses and cross-dresses successfully, particularly after getting lessons from somebody like you on how to walk in heels or whatever the case may be, you look at these, these men and you say, God, not just what legs they have, but how great they look. I yes. mean, the makeup. Or some of the wigs. Oh my goodness! There was um, um, a cross-dressing friend of mine. He's got to a lot of different parties, um, and I'm not going to mention his name. But in any event, I have to say that nobody could wear a wig like this guy. Wow, his hair—he just looked terrific. And he was a minimalist. So, in other words, what I mean by that is he liked to present more like a businesswoman. Okay, like in a really nice. Um, a pleated skirt, a lovely tailored jacket, a uh, nice frilly blouse, um, uh, and conservative heels. But the most beautiful wigs, I don't know how much he spent on his wigs, but oh my gosh, he was really something. And the first time I ever saw him present as his, uh, as a male, mm -hmm. okay, and that was at a wedding, I did not recognize him at all. Oh, Who did I recognize? I recognized his wife. Yes. And I said, we're so-and-so. And she turned around and there he was right next to her. I did not recognize him at all. No makeup, no hair. And I mean that literally, no hair. Um, and it, and, and, and uh, a gray suit, you know, a, a gray suit that he wore to a wedding reception. And it's like, oh my God, wow, what a transformation. I had a friend, uh, she was one of the mentors of mine in the scene, and her specialty was transformations. She was only interested in cross-dressers. That's all she wanted is submissives and her slaves. They were to be cross-dressers. So that's what she looked for, and that's what she trained uh, boys who would come into her service as um, cross-dressers. And she provided what was called the transformation. Mm. And the transformation was... Just like you said before, teaching them how to stand, sit, uh, pose. And uh, put on makeup. Put on makeup, do the hair, um, feminine accoutrements that would just, you know, further 
um, uh, push the illusion. And uh, she just absolutely loved it. And I had a great time hanging out with her when, when some of these boys would come in. And she would also rename them into something very femmy, which was <laughs> absolutely wonderful because her names were not, let's say, the normal like Barbara or Betty. It was more something else. And those names I'm not going to mention because they're too identifiable. But it was really quite amazing to watch the transformation and to see how many men wanted to partake mm. in the transformation. I remember my, uh, my dominant husband who also switches, and he was like, honey, I was like, yes. He goes, I want to buy boobs. And I said, I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> I want to buy boobs. Right. I'm like, oh, bo oh, boobs. Like, boobs? And he goes, yeah, boobs. I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, why not? Um, and then he showed me what he wanted to buy. I was like, wow, that's amazing. They look like real women's boobs. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't even know they sold such yeah, things. You know, something. I was like that. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then he's, uh, you know, like a couple of years later, he's like, I want to buy a booty. I'm like, booty? He goes, yeah, a butt. I want to buy a butt. Apparently, that's also, like... That's a big thing. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so we always laugh about that. I'll song. give him my butt. <laughs> Easily. You want it? Take it. I was, like, <laughs> I, I was laughing so hard because it's like, oh, you want booty got back. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got it. Absolutely. And I thought that was just absolutely hysterical. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. They got booty pants. He says, yeah, yeah they yeah. like, you put the leggings on and there's a butt. There's no, there's so. really no end to the kind of stuff that you can do, and there are many, many uh, emporiums out there, both online and on the street, where um, they are ready to uh, do everything that they can to help um, a fellow uh, make that transformation, um, and and to teach on now, how, how to do that. The uh, I had a vanilla friend. Yeah, and I'm open. I've always been open. I'm out, kinky, poly, bi. You know, it's, I'm out. And my friend has known, was, had known me for over 30 years. She knew everything. And she found out that my husband was a cross-dresser. She goes, I don't understand how you can have all these relationships and be kinky, and your husband's kinky, and bi, and cross-dresses, and what kind of wife, you know, oh my God, how do you, you know, any one of those things, I would have already been divorced. I said, this is what it comes down to. You love your partner, right? So what's the difference what's on their back? Love your partner. And if your partner wants to wear a dress, wear it support him. So I do. I support him. I go out and I buy his makeup for him. I give him tips. I said, don't buy this kind, buy that kind. This is better. That's, you know, I'll buy clothes for him. I buy whatever he needs because he's still a little anxious about right. it. Going in, going into a store, into and, a store. and shopping. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, so there is anxiety on the parts of the men because they're afraid of how they're going to be received in society. Right. So 
be good to your partners, you know. Without a doubt. Now, I, I think what we want to do also is distinguish between what we're calling cross-dressing and transvestism with um, transsexualism. Okay, with someone who or is a... someone's transgendered. 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 Transsexual, transgender. Um, that is a person of either sex who truly believes, um, essentially, um, um, that they are of the opposite sex and they are going to um, uh, operate their lives with that in mind. And some of these people become... Um, post-op, transgender, uh, people who have not had sex reassignment surgery are uh, pre-ops. But not everyone who is transgender wants to have sex reassignment surgery. So then we get into a transgender, gender fluid type of a situation mm -hmm. where essentially you can be or you can present or you can change your body so whichever way you want to, essentially, um, as long as you are doing it for the right reasons. And what I'd like to say the right reasons are um, after you've really discovered what it is that you want to be and you've thought about it a lot. And, uh, and, and I'm speaking from the experience a very, very dear friend of mine had and is still in the process of. Um, just know what the reasons are. They will go ahead and say, I always belonged in this body. I'm not a drag queen. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have surgery and eventually I'll be a post-op uh, transsexual or a transgendered person. And um, it's becoming more and more acceptable in our country, yet there's a tremendous backlash, mm -hmm. as there always seems to be. Just as we were speaking before about a guy in a dress walking down the street and some, you know, macho guy decides, some other macho guy decides, you know, he doesn't like it and he's going to punch his lights out. Um, it's, it's still happening. It happens all the time. Uh, there's a huge, huge um, uh, hate group against uh, people who uh, who wear clothing of the opposite sex, much less want to change that sex into um, who they believe they were meant to be. And of course now in, in our society, it is uh, really wrought with a lot of, um, um, should we say, uh, feelings and um, a lot of anger, a lot of joy. It's really all of those things because what people are doing is they are changing something we used to believe as a society, mm. okay, which was natural and right into something that is unnatural and wrong. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I've always felt this way, so have you, um, uh, being politically liberal the way that we are, we tend to feel as long as you're not hurting anybody else, go ahead. Right. Whatever brings you joy, yes. embrace it. Take it and embrace it. Well, of course, it's still, and will be, I'm afraid, for a very long time, um, easier said than done. Mm -mm. Yeah. Now we'd like to move on to our new segment that we are calling Ask the Mistress. This month's question is, I caught my hubby 
wearing my clothes. What do I do? Well, <laughs> uh, make sure that, that the, the, the red dress that he's wearing goes with his complexion. Okay? Is he wearing the right color? No, seriously. Um, don't get all bent out of shape. That's the first thing we'd like to say. Don't get all bent out of shape. People are people. And you loved him before you found out he wanted to wear your underwear. So you can still love him. But how about chatting? How about talking? How about communicating? Have a conversation with him that sounds something like this. I... I see that you're wearing my, my underwear. I see that you're wearing my, my clothes. It's a little bit of an invasion of my privacy and my, my property. How about we get you some of your own? Beautiful. This way, you could still feel like you have your clothes. And then he'll have his own set of clothes. Perhaps he was nervous about your reaction, the wife's reaction, which is why he was doing it on the down low and got caught doing it. Uh, that's one theory. And now that it's out in the open and you're okay with it, not only are you okay with it, but you're gonna help him get some of his own so he'll stop wearing yours. Or you'll or, be in agreement that you buy play clothes the clothes that you'll wear to play in together, okay? If he's got to wear the ones that were on your butt, okay, fine, let's buy some stuff together. Or he's actually got caught on purpose. Oh, did he now? He might. That is another <laughs> alternative, is another option. Right. And maybe he still wants it to be forbidden or whatever. So yes, here comes a really great so scene. And we were talking about that forced buy before, got, weren't we? caught. Yeah. And, well, you know, maybe he didn't get caught <laughs> so much. Maybe he heard your car in the driveway and said, oh, my wife's home. This would be a perfect opportunity. Let me go, yeah. you know, yeah. get some yeah. underwear out of the yeah. hamper. Yeah. You yeah. know, or something, you know, like... Uh, and then you came in and, oh, my God, what are you doing? Right. Well, you knew damn well she was going to come in. It's not like you did it at 2 in the afternoon and she doesn't get home until 5. Right. right so right. depending on how right. this actually went down, it could be either one of those things. But the bottom line is, like you said, he was a good provider, good husband, good person, good friend, good son, good Good father, good all, you know, he's all these things. Just because he likes to wear a dress doesn't suddenly make him a bad person. That's right. It's our moral decisions, our moral judgments that yeah. we make, our judgments. And this is what causes, more often than not, and I say this through my own experience and that of of my mentor who did the transformations, guilt uh, many, many times will force a cross-dresser into giving away or destroying or dumping their entire uh, opposite-sex uh, wardrobe uh, because of guilt and anxiety, huge anxieties and uh, things along those lines. And don't you know, and next year or two years later or however long it takes, there they are buying it again. again. This is 
who they want to be. If this is who they want to be, how do you fit into that equation? Well, if you fit into the equation the same way as you did before, my husband's a cross-dresser, so what? There are a lot of support groups out there for women whose husbands are cross-dressers. Now, I'm not, and we are straight shooters here at the podcast. When my husband first came out to me that he was a cross-dresser, we had been married... 10 years already before he even came out as a cross-dresser. And when he finally did, I was taken aback. Not because he was a cross-dresser, but because we'd been married for 10 years. We met in the kink scene. We married in the kink scene. And this is the first I'm hearing about this 10 years into the relationship. So... That, I was more upset about that than the fact that he was a cross-dresser. That, I was like, oh, okay, sure. And he was even a little surprised that I was just so accepting of it. I was like, come on, what do we do? Right, right. Well, I had a boyfriend many, many years ago when I was really young who who appeared to me that way as well, and I'd known him for years prior to that. So what did you do? In the beginning, well, so he wanted to start to bring his cross-dressing into our scenes. And in the beginning, I was like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, and you have to be honest. Yeah. You have to communicate. I'm not comfortable with that. Well, it's another 10 years went by. We're uh, married 20 years now. So another 10 years went by. And now it's like, hey, do you mind if I wear, wear these heels while we play? Right. I'm like, no, it's fine. Yeah, you know, course. do you mind if I wear this while we play? No, right. it's all right. good. Right. You know, because I see how happy it makes him. Right. Why wouldn't I want him to be happy? Right. right. If that's the thing that makes him happy, well, why wouldn't I let that, right. you know, right. uh, I get used to it. It can be a shock. Yes. There's no question about it. And like yes. I said, there are a lot of support groups. So um, your, your husband wants to wear uh, a dress. What do you do? Well, you do whatever is necessary to give each other the pleasure that they deserve as humans. One of um, uh, the things that my husband said to me many, many years ago is that uh, when we were determining the route that our relationship would take, he said to me, I see my job as your submissive as making a paradise for you, whatever that entails. And I thought to myself, wow, is that the most wonderful thing? Absolutely. So what am I going to say on my end? Oh, so what? No. I said, whoa, that's phenomenal. And I want to do the same for you. And that's what a relationship really needs to be. It isn't always, but maybe we want to work to get there. And that's something when it's first introduced to you, when he first tells you he wants to wear that dress, be reflective. Think a little bit. Who is this guy? This is my guy. You know, so what? We've and if it and beyond, if it bothers you, tell him it um, makes you uncomfortable. Right. You can say, "All right, um, it's not my thing. I'm not going to stop you from doing your thing." I said, "But can you do it when I'm not home?" Right. There are all ways that you can that you accommodate. Accommodate. Compromise, uh, accommodate, compromise. whatever it is. It's a relationship. Please stop wearing my underwear. How about we get you some of your there own? There you go. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, stuff like that. That that everybody gets along. It's not the end of the world. It's not the. It's not a drug addict. He's not. You know, <laughs> there are worse things that could happen, or worse things that you would have to deal oh, with than the fact goodness. that your husband's across. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so it's kind of like as we 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 end this conversation, it's kind of like live and let live, yeah. and just try very very hard um, to um, uh, think. Uh, about this situation and as you said put it in its rightful place this is not a guy who is doing horrible things to people he's not yeah. a he's not a um you know it's not doing anything terrible so just think about it a little bit and let people be you know live and let live let them, yeah so and accommodate each other yeah so if you have any questions or comments about anything that we have said uh uh during this episode yeah this hour, we want to hear about it we want to hear from you please email us at tkw at two kinky women.com that's the numeric two tkw at two kinky women.com Sign up for the email newsletter that only comes out once a month. We do not blanket your email, nor do we sell it. We keep all of this information very strictly confidential. And get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink full of kinky information. Lots of terms and all kinds of fun facts and forms to fill out. and. Things to keep in mind. And if you've gone over to the website, to kinkywomenpodcast.com. And what a website it is, <laughs> if and, I may say so. Oh, thank you. you and you can download this month's infographic, which every month I do an infographic. tells you the top five things you need to remember in this episode. Because we are invested in your education. And, and in your, your safety. safety. Safety, what we do is risky and kinky, and we want to help you do it safely. So, we are two kinky women. And we want you to be kinky, kinky too. too. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.